0: Did you have so much fun? Yes. I put my head in the toilet. What'd you do? I ate chocolate out of the toilet. You ate chocolate out of the toilet? What? Logan! All right, come on.
1: Welcome to Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Welcome back. It is a little chaotic right now because our dog is going crazy. So if you hear her barking, then... She
0: saw a dog outside.
1: I don't know if anyone else has a dog, but our dog is about maybe 10 pounds. And you see like any size dog, it could be like a freaking Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. And she goes on the attack and she I'm like- She does not make friends at all. And I'm like, that dog could eat you alive. Yeah. You better back down, back <laughs> down. <laughs> she doesn't get it. She doesn't. She never backs down. I like her confidence. Yeah. You know, I used to be scared of small dogs. I, I think I'm more scared of small dogs than I am large dogs. Yeah, there was
0: a- uh, there was a little Yorkshire Terrier um, that was, it was behind my friend Tim's house and it was within, uh, when everybody used to ride bicycles and I remember going- <laughs> Back when people used yeah. to actually
1: ride their bike around yeah. the neighborhood. I mean,
0: that's we, we that's all we did was ride bicycles. I did that um, too as a kid. <clears throat> side story too, we had one friend that we didn't necessarily always like to hang out with. Um, mean. And whenever he would come around- <laughs> We would all have bikes, and he didn't really have a good bike, and we would ride away. Oh, this is a terrible story. That's Um, awful, Doug. Yeah, but it it wasn't a lot. But um, he he went out and bought a like a professional like bicycle, like racing bike, and we were never able to outrun him ever again. Yeah, (laughs) and he kept up. But yeah, a little dog chased me down the street one time, and I remember screaming like a little girl. And the dog was friendly, it turned out. Like, it wouldn't have done anything, but it was just chasing after me on a bicycle. And I had a really, really high voice when I was younger. Um, and it was it was very feminine. And uh, and I was screaming. Um, I remember screaming down the road. It was my Huffy Nevada. Um, yeah. So oh, I had a Huffy,
1: too. Those were the cool,
0: banana boat. Like, yeah. banana
1: seat is what they were called. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, It's like a long seat, so you could have like two, like someone ride behind you. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. That's actually one good memory I have with my stepdad, which you know I don't have a whole lot of them. Well, no, I just don't have a whole lot of memories, like good ones, anyways, with my stepdad. But that's one I remember. It was my birthday, and my mom said that I got to go to like the bike. There was like a bike shop, and it was all like you know used bikes that had been fixed, and then he would sell again. And I got to pick out any bike I wanted which is like a huge thing. Wow. I mean, you don't, we didn't get anything half the time. So like, I shouldn't say like, didn't get anything half the time. Cause we, I mean, my mom always tried, but that was a big deal. Like that was a yeah. really big deal. And I have a vivid memory of going, and this is a thing of my stepdad. I never felt safe or secure, uh, secure around him, especially when we were alone. Like you, we were never really ever alone. My mom had five kids and I yeah. was glued to my mom. I was a mommy's girl, like through and through. And obviously like having some, Situations with my stepdad, where like he was very like scary and abusive and all that jazz. Yeah. Like it made me scared to be around him alone. So I remember going to the bike shop and being like half like so excited. Doug, don't, don't say jesus Don't say the Lord's name. In- I said, Jesus Christ. Okay. But I remember being half excited. You know, of course, because I'm getting a bike and like that's awesome. And then also kind of like, oh, I hope he, I don't make him mad because uh, I don't know what's gonna <laughs> happen. But um, anyways,
0: random, where did we, how did we even get on this topic? Were you ever ever able to ride a bike with no hands?
1: Yes. I used to ride my bike around, we had lived in a trailer park that was like a circle at the time. And I would um, like, there was like, you'd go up the hill and then you would go down the hill. And so once I got up the hill, then I could go down the hill (laughs) and have like momentum and I could like be real cool with no hands, you know? Yeah, real cool and avoid, like, it was a dirt road, so avoid, like, the pothole after pothole because then, you know, you're going to be, like, thrown off the bike. That's but funny. I figured it out. Um, it was it was a circle, and there was, like, a cluster of mailboxes at the very entrance of the circle. Right. And that was kind of, like, the setup of it. So, um, but, you know... Today, I was hoping to honor two of my friends. Um, Well,
0: before you go into that, I think we should probably give one of our five-star reviewers a shout out. Um, We love your reviews and your comments. And this one is from Happy. Uh, Love is genuine. Uh, Her name's Nicole. Doug and Jamie, I have been a fan of y'all since Maths. I am so, so, so glad you guys are back doing this podcast. It is one of my faves to listen to, and I have missed y'all so much. I love y'all and your cute little fam, Nicole Am.
1: Thank you, Nicole. That's yeah. so sweet.
0: Speaking about our cute little fam, last week we talked about Hendrix and his bedtime struggles. Oh my gosh. And, we have
1: really great news to yes, share with you.
0: And, um, you know, it hasn't been immediate, uh, but we did put in incentive program available. <laughs> yeah. We have for the started bribing
1: our children. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> And the rule is, is if you stay in your bed all night, and which is really if mommy and daddy wake up and you're not in our bed, then you get to pick a prize out of the Paw Patrol box. Yes,
1: so and we have we, a big
0: Paw Patrol box with a bunch of Paw Patrol stuff in it, and uh like dollar store throw stuff. stuff from the dollar store.
1: Yeah, we got a ton of stuff. I let Hendrix pick out so we did this whole incentive box thing for them sleeping in their bed all night because like we're exhausted we were at wit's end i mean i felt like it was like having newborns and they're three and six i'm like this is and and we're trying to have a baby so i'm like how is this gonna work when there is a newborn or i'm like nine months pregnant trying to get sleep then you know like so
0: i mean hendrix fights going to sleep from eight o'clock to like 10 to 10 and
1: he's three and like that's way too late to be staying up because then he has to get up to go to like daycare essentially during the day and we're all exhausted so needless to say we started this my friend Teresa from actually middle school uh she was like have you ever watched the nanny the super nanny or something like that and um because we're in a book club together and um and I was like Uh, I mean, I've heard of it, of course. I mean, who hasn't heard of the nanny show, you know, the super nanny show? (laughs) And she said, well, you know, I saw, or maybe it was Teen Mom. It was one or the other. It was like one of those shows. And she said, I saw that they were having the same struggle with their kids. And they got like this box and they let the the little girl like decorate it and make it really fun. And she filled it with things that she wanted. And then if she slept in her bed all night long then she would be able to get one of for the treats from this fancy box and I was like, well, we have this Paw Patrol box mm-hmm. and my kids like Paw Patrol. Let's see if this will work. Yeah, and so we I was like, listen if you stay in your bed all night long, you get to get a prize from the Paw Patrol box and it worked. Yeah. It worked for like two or three nights, mm-hmm. but then it stopped. And Hendrick
0: still struggles going to sleep and I don't I don't know. I think he's getting better. No, um, he's
1: definitely getting
0: better. Yeah, because um I ended up uh well we both started watching a um, it was a course on kids taking care take, of babies. Yeah, taking or taking Karen babies take or something a, like that. Taking Kara ki- babies. Yeah. Um but she has a whole section on sleeping. Um and it's you know, if you're If your child needs you to stay there for a little bit or you set expectations, you know we're gonna cuddle, we're gonna read a book, we're gonna cuddle for a minute, then I'm gonna put you in your bed, I'll stay with you for a minute and then I'm gonna go. Um, That doesn't always work with Hendrix. I mean, I still do it. Um, But then I started setting a timer because he needs me to be by the door for a certain amount of time when I put him down. Um, And then usually that'll be my time to just, do the kitchen and the dishes and put everything away before we wake up. And, um, you know, he's been going to bed at that time, but he's, he's been, uh, horrible. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But so the idea is that if you're having a little one struggle with sleeping and you're okay with bribing your child, I am not too proud to say that I definitely am okay with that. You I mean, we we got the box and we had the the presents, but then when the presents stopped seeming cool, they just were like, "I don't care, I'm I don't want anything from that box anyways." And they would just come into our bed. So I had like I was on Instagram and like usual, I always reach out to my girlfriends there, and I just had this like someone said something about like make sure the prizes are you know awesome, and I was like, oh. Good idea. Like I didn't even it didn't even click to me like they didn't care about the prize. Like of course I didn't. And so I was like, Hendrix, we're gonna go to the dollar store on a mommy and son date and <laughs> We, and he got all spiffied up. He looked so cute. If you saw my Instagram post, you, you, you probably saw, but, um, yeah, he looked all, all spiffied up and cute. And we went to the dollar store on a date and he got to pick everything he wanted. And I'm like, wow, this is one store I can shop and my kids can <laughs> pick what they want. And I, and I don't have to be like, that's too expensive. Put it back. I could just be like, okay, go ahead, throw it in the car. It's a dog 25. Uh, and so he picked a lot of things and we got them all. They got so excited over these dollar store things. I mean, Henley was like, I can't wait. Tomorrow I'm going to get the squishy blue thing. And I was like, okay, you go to sleep and you'll get that. <laughs> and then sure. I mean, I'm like dumbfounded over here. So if you're a struggling, you know, and this is a thing is that I feel like we did sleep training when they were babies and that's a whole different story. So, you know, it's a whole, and it's a whole different ball game. It's way Easier if you ask me but yeah, to it's do like it when.
0: Regressed.
1: Well, it's way easier to sleep train when they're babies because they can't, they don't crawl out of the the crib. And so now I'm like, what? Do you, how do you sleep train a toddler and a little girl when they can literally just walk out of their bed over and over and over yeah. again? And it was kind of, and also like they i don't know they're they're a little more manipulative manipulative with their like like you know they'll be like i need you like they talk and so i need yeah. you and i want
0: you and well I'm hendrix like, no, will be i need you thirsty. but i want you too i'm thirsty i have to go potty <clears throat> and now he's learned that um once he goes potty uh if he tells me that he's not done yet then he can stay on the potty longer
1: yeah. And if you can't tell, like, so Doug, Doug, usually we're really like, I feel like we're a divided house when it comes to bedtime, like Henley and I always have Henley and he always has Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really want to change because I feel like you need time with Henley and I need more time with Hendrix, which is why I took that. Mommy well, I, I, I have
0: time with Henley.
1: I know, but because like
0: sometimes I'll do both.
1: I know, but well, uh, this is the thing is that I feel like
0: Henley puts herself to sleep now. Great,
1: yeah, she really does. So we say if she wants to get a, a prize out of that Paw Patrol box, uh-huh. that you know she has to. I'll like read the book with her, and I'll cuddle with her for just a minute, and then you know she has to roll over and and so and that's the biggest thing that we took away from this taking care of babies course was and we didn't get through the whole thing. That's that's the one thing I actually wanted to say as well is that I remember like way back when I was sleep training Henley and there's all these courses out there and there's books and there's research and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm so busy. I don't have time, you know, to spend like even a day researching this. Like, can you just give me like like the, the what's it called? The cliff notes. Cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> can you give me the cliff notes? Cause I don't have time for this as exhausting right. as
0: it is. And Putting so- Putting kids to sleep for dummies.
1: Yeah. And so I ended up sharing on my blog back, this is like back when I was blogging five years ago. Uh, I would, I shared on my Uh, blog exactly how I put her to sleep and like how I like trained her. I read the book. I can't remember which book it was. Dr. Ferber, I think. And I gave kind of like the cliff notes and it was a free version too. Like if you're having trouble, this is what worked for me. (gasps) You know, try it before you buy something else. And so that's kind of, I think I want to do something similar to that because, like, because I feel like us mamas got to stick together and everything kind of costs money and takes forever to, and I'm like, we got to be able to share resources and provide resources if we're able to that are, I mean, and and of course, like, it doesn't always work, which is why we went to taking care of babies' course because, I mean, and she is worth her weight in gold because she has like a plethora of knowledge there. So needless to say, though, I'm going to give like a cliff notes version for what's worked for us anyways. And and honestly, essentially, it's all right here on the podcast. We went, we got like, I would say decorate a nice box, um, make anything like anything that's like super fun and cute for your child, take them to the dollar store. It doesn't have to cost a lot. Uh, and, or, I mean, or if you have a higher budget than we do, take them to target or wherever (laughs) and let them pick out a few really great prizes. And this is the tip though. Something to look forward to. Yeah. But this is the tip the, the most important part about it is that it has to be something that they really, really like and that they cannot have unless they, you know, unless they actually follow through Uh, and that you actually, and that you also as the parent kind of lay down the ground rules right from the get-go. So you would say something like, okay, tonight, honey, I want you like, you know, we're going to go shopping and we're going to fill. So this is how you start like, wait, back it up. You get the box, you decorate it, or you already have a box, and you're just like, this is our cool box, and this is like your treasure chest, and we're going to fill it with all of your favorite things. And, um, and you know, and then you're going to explain like, how, but you can't get the things yet. You have to earn these things, and they're going to be like, huh, you know, because they're kids. At least my kid, our kids were like that. And if you hear our kids in the background... There with this Ms. dog Ruth. is killing me and our dog I'm is like, like going crazy <laughs> this is like i'm like so angry it's literally right parent this is so I, like our life in a nutshell
0: yeah we we snuck away to do the podcast and like that's exactly when this dog decides to like wake up yeah can, but okay so anyway. back to
1: our thing so you have your box and then you take a trip to the dollar store and you get let them pick whatever you know whatever however many maybe you would want like seven items for one week or however you want to do it now listen. This is the other thing: is that kids, especially ages three and six, they like instant gratification. So I learned this from Miss Ruth, who is a previous school teacher, and Miss Sylvia, who and so do husbands. And <laughs> yeah, no matter how old they are, <laughs> at any age, how old people- they like instant gratification <laughs> yeah. too. But uh, no, but so, like, you can't, you don't want to, like, so, because what I had with Henley, which is, now I look back and I'm like, oh, cute try, mom. But I had this whole chore chart, and sh- every single day she would have to do, like, you know, make her bed, put her clothes in dirty laundry, and all that jazz. It did last a couple days. It did last a couple days, but there, it wasn't instant gratification. So it was like at the end of the week, then we would go to the, and then the prize was go to the dollar store and we get one, one prize. I, I, ton, I mean, this should be an ad for the dollar store at this Seriously. point.
0: But, um, wait, before, like, I just want to say how proud I am of her because and this is a side note, but talk about like saving money and because both kids have a piggy bank. Um, Henley has a book fair tomorrow and her immediate, immediate thought was to get home get her piggy bank, dump it into a Ziploc bag and say, I want to bring this to buy a book at the book oh, fair.
1: She was so excited. She was like, mommy, tomorrow's the book. fair." I was so proud of her. I mean, she really, she's really starting to understand the concept of money and whatnot. Yeah. And so that's a whole other topic. And she actually didn't
0: ask us at all. It was just like, she put it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. She was like, buy that's, her own well, books. that's
1: because that's hers. She is allowed to yeah. use that money. But, um, Doug you interrupted totally (laughs) but that was an exciting story (laughs) but I'm trying to share like the key like the cliff notes version of what's really working for sleep training Mm. for a three and a six year old and I would say it is instant gratification so like I was doing the chore chart and I was giving you know I was having her do her things every single day and then at the end of the week she'd get a prize that's not good enough for for a child who's three or six I mean that's like takes way too long for her to get her prize and to feel like instant gratification so instead it's like when you are doing the sleep training, or when you are doing anything really, and you are trying to, this sounds like a dog, really, but I mean it's a child, and yeah. you are trying to you are trying to reward reward good behavior. So I we got our box, we got our we filled it with all the things that we wanted, and then it was like we have to ex- like talk to them and lay down clear expectations. Even at three years old, Hendrix can understand. So we say, you know, I love you. And, you know, mommy and daddy are gonna sleep in our bed. This is our bed. This is your bed. And this is, you know, then Henley, this is your bed. (laughs) And you guys are gonna stay in your bed all night long. And now, if you stay in your bed all night long, then in the morning, you can come out and you can pick out any toy that you anything want anything you want anything you want out of this box and how you get them hyped up if they if you if they're starting to lose interest which let me tell you that happens like two or three nights in if they start to lose interest you know obviously take them back and make sure that they're they're picking out like the prizes that they want themselves. But also um, the other thing I was going to say was you want to make sure that what you're saying, so instead of just saying in the morning you can come in, I learned this the hard way. I was like, oh yeah, you got to go to sleep. And then in the morning you come in. Well, they don't know what morning is. Like Mm -hmm. they they don't have a concept of time necessarily yet. It's still a little
0: bit dark out when they wake up.
1: Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, a lot of people have recommended to me, which I don't have yet, but I'm absolutely going to get one of those. Either stoplight, no, like a hatch. It's called a hatch. Hendrix actually has it. Somehow you can connect an app to it or something, and it can change the light. There's also, I know for Fisher Price, they had like this bunny that I got. Yeah, Henry. we had one of those things. Yeah, we still do. Somewhere is like forever mm-hmm. ago, and it's like it turns a certain color when they can, you know, when it's morning and they can get out of their bed. Yeah, and, you
0: can set a timer to it um, where they when they hold it it. Turns a certain color, yeah, and, and lets them know when it's okay to come out of uh, out of their room.
1: So we have the box of the prizes, we have our clear expectations, we have the light, so they know when they can get out, and um, and then it's you know, and if this is part. It's really really hard, especially if you have more than one child, and you're doing this with two children like we are. But I want first of all, I want to say it's possible, and it is so worth it but one child might stay in the bed long like all night and the other doesn't and it's really important i think that one thing i saw this like from a motivational speaker that parents nowadays like we we tend to be very gentle on our children we really believe in gentle parenting we were all raised like with like a whip you know like you know do it or i'm you know my word is the word and do what I say, not what Mm -hmm. I do and all that kind of thing. And so now we're like really embracing this gentle parenting philosophy, but we don't want to go too far over the edge because kids love structure. They love boundaries. They love knowing that you're in control. Like they don't, they will try to be in control. They think they want to be in control, but they don't feel safe when they're in control. So it's very, very important for us to uh, hold yeah. our boundaries and to have the structure. And so um, another great tip I think that I learned is to keep like the routine. I mean, we we have kept our routine very much the same. Like since both of them are babies, we yeah. have dinner together. We have bath. We read a book. Ha- now we have to incorporate homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Henley tends to do her homework mm-hmm. also during yeah. that time. And
0: Hendrix just pretends he has homework. and Yes. And scribbles on. Lines on the paper.
1: Really cute. Like we'll have to get him his quote unquote homework. And and, he'll
0: yell at me if I try to take him away from his homework too early.
1: Yeah, he'll say that homework. Yeah, it's very, very sweet. Um but yeah, so then you have the same routine. And I don't know, I'm, I just wanted to share the kind of like a cliff notes version of what's working for us so that you don't have Mm -hmm. to a pay for a huge guide. Who knows if this works for you? I mean, this is working for us. So if it works for you, it could save you some money, save you a whole lot of stress and help your kids become independent sleepers. And there's a whole lot of studies kind of showing, and there's, I mean, I, I am all about co-sleep, or have your kids sleep independently. Either way, it, whatever works for your family is in whoever, however, you get the best night's sleep. And that changes too in a family. So at one point, co-sleeping really was how we were getting the best sleep. Like Hendrick slept great in his bed. Henley just happened to be in ours all the time. And we were sleeping, like it was fine. We, I didn't, hate it. we didn't have a good intimate life, you know, like ha- while trying to conceive, the beginning. we would have I've to like been sneak away and yeah, it's been all sorts of different things. Doug's never loved it, which, but I've always loved it. I love cuddling with them. Mm-mm. But now we're at the point where they're both trying to be in our bed. They're they're big, they're big kids kicking us, tossing and turning. And it is just, no one is getting any any sleep no and so it's not that we're against co parent or co-sleeping or i am well he is but <laughs> but uh it's not that i am i, I am 100 percent, and i plan on actually co-sleeping with the next baby i feel like when they're a baby into the first year i just personally really enjoy it. i did that with hendrix and i absolutely loved it but um needless to say this is obviously not medical advice and just because i'm a nurse don't take this as medical one takeaway
0: that i found was um how to? Um, because Hendrix sort of has this one track mind and will throw temper tantrums, um, and and everything. So um, I forget what the the letters were, but the first one is get down on their level, talk to them on their level. Yeah, stay you want, calm. Yeah, you want to you, you want to be you want to be the thermometer. You don't want to match the temperature. Um, you want to be you wanna, cool, maybe. Yeah. Is what you well, meant to say. yeah. So, so if they're, you know, even as much as they're being uh, inconsolable or incoherent or not making any sense, you keep your head. Validate their feelings. Okay, tell them that it's okay to have those feelings. Stand your ground. Your word is as good as gold. And then the way to deflect from there is to, like, if, for example, you take your kid from the playground and they throw a fit leaving the playground, you say, you know, we're going to leave the playground now, but we can come back tomorrow or the next day. When would you want to come back? And that sort of trains their mind to think, because from a kid's point of view, you're taking them away from something where they think it's the last time they're ever going to do that thing or last time they're ever going to have fun. Um, and I've started doing that with Hendrix, where it's just like you know, we you can you can pick out something from the Paw Patrol box, um, and you know that whole incentive things works. But then once he starts to flip out, I've been really trying to keep my cool <laughs> and not match his temperature.
1: You're doing you're doing you're doing a lot better.
0: Yeah, and. Um, Right now, I'm setting a timer of standing in the doorway.
1: Oh, yeah, and timers work great. So, like, if your child is used to you being in their bed, like ours were, mm-hmm. or if your child wants you in the room, and, you know, that's obviously not um, possible. Right. So, th- another big... You just
0: reduce the amount of time exactly, each time, And you, you get know, yourself
1: until, further and further away. Yeah. It doesn't have to be cold turkey. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like all or nothing. And so, you know, we started out in their beds and then we started out in a chair next to them. It would take 45
0: minutes for bedtime for me. Oh
1: my gosh. It would sometimes take two hours. I would
0: rub his back until he was uh, pretty much asleep. And uh, yeah.
1: And same thing for Henley. I mean, I would have to be in there the whole entire time until she was asleep. And so we would listen to sleep stories. Mm -hmm. We would read books. I would tell her a story. We would pray. We would say what we're thankful for. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just had, I mean, she would do a flip and I'm like, why are you flipping when it's time for bed? Like sit, lay down. And like, so you're trying to stay calm, mm-hmm. but you're like, lay down. And all of that has kind of disappeared when you let your, when you let your child put themselves to sleep. I mean, there's, yeah. there's really, I always thought co-sleeping is just like comforting and cozy and it, and it is, it truly is. But there's such an advantage. There's, there's pros and cons to everything. And there's such an advantage to letting your child have independent sleeping. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it got to, to say, the point
0: where we were. We, Jamie and I were in separate rooms and we were not doing anything other than putting the kids to bed from like 8.15 till 10 o'clock. Yeah. Like we were in there every rooms single night. And like that whole time frame was just shot for us because there was nothing else that could happen other than putting them to bed. Yeah. So and when most parents we were giving in to them the yeah. whole time. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Because we were wanting to love them. It. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it until you know, Jamie started saying, you know, like, no, this is not right. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I, I'm like, like. Like it sort of clicked. I was like, like. Yeah, we're giving up our entire night. Every single night, Every like most parents, put this. their
1: kids to bed between seven and eight o'clock, and they're done. And then that's it. And then they get a couple hours to like decompress, and then they go to bed between ten and eleven, and they get up, and <laughs> they do it all over again. And Us, you want two,
0: and you want two more, I, which means we're going through another ten years of this. Well, no,
1: because next time we're going to be smarter. We've already learned yeah, our lesson said with Henley. That the and last Hendrix. time, no, we've learned. We learned our. Le- we we never-
0: started this way too late. No, Doug. That's the the thing, though. I
1: slept train Henley when she was a baby. We didn't have this problem until we moved to Florida, and she wasn't in her crib anymore. And then she was just in our bed. We never had this problem with Henley because I I did the sleep training thing with her, and um, and that was back when you were like working, and so you weren't really even part of that. So you probably don't remember that very well because I was just trying to do like do so you could sleep. But anyways, needless to say, I hope that that helps you, and and also. Regardless, I'm going to share. I'll. Uh, I'm going to share the taking care of babies uh, website below because I can't tell you how, how many people recommended her, and we have the course. We really like it. it I have to give you a disclaimer that it is like you got to clear your schedule for it and grab a notebook because. It's a lot of information. But it I mean Well there's
0: printouts and stuff. I mean you could Yeah, no, that's true. It keeps track of the lessons that you do and
1: Yeah, but it's worth its weight in gold because first of all you have it I think you have it forever. I'm pretty sure you have it forever. Mm -hmm. And it's i mean i don't know what your problem could be but she probably tackles it and if not you can DM, they have a great support system over there so like you can dm them yeah. on instagram you can reach out schedule
0: an appointment with her
1: i mean they you so can literally saying, i mean yeah. it's pretty remarkable so i wanted to be able to give you i don't know a cliff notes version and try to help you out like a freebie way so that you know i'm i'm, I'm all about that like try to tackle it yourself first with all the resources and information that you have and then if you don't get there then take the course, yeah. and we didn't. And get taking it there.
0: care of babies, if we butchered your entire lesson plan, sorry.
1: Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, I I do not say that that's what I learned from her yeah. because I actually learned that mostly just from Instagram, like moms that I fo- like that follow. Yeah. Me a lot of thank you for were, sending those. Yeah. All a lot you moms of who follow me who have done this before, thank you for sending me. Well, first of all, they sent me care, taking care of babies, mm-hmm. which is how I learned. Like we learned, your word is good as gold, and we learned a lot of valuable tips from the time that we like from the part of the courses that we took. But she doesn't necessarily say that's just like all other moms that have told me. And like my friend from middle school said she saw it on like Super Nanny or the Teen Mom or something yeah. like that show. But it's actually really working with our children. And yeah. so.
0: That's all they talk about is the Paw Patrol box.
1: Yeah, for us, it's a Paw Patrol box, but some people, it's like a mermaid box or it's just a box with gold on it. It could be a a treasure chest, like whatever it is. And what's inside is things that they really want and they're really excited about and they're looking forward to. And honestly, their sense of pride when they wake up from, I mean, you should have saw mm-hmm. Henley's face this morning. And Hendrix. I mean, they're so proud of themselves because they know yeah, that they, they then quote unquote earned this, like any prize they want out of yeah. this box. And so you're teaching your kids such great, valuable lessons right from the get go. I mean, I, right. I'm very, very thankful for this whole sleep training. And honestly, if we weren't mm-hmm. planning on having another. They've learned
0: if you act Bad enough for long enough. Eventually, you get toys you will get just for a sleeping. Toy box filled <laughs> with things so you can act normal.
1: No, but um, if we weren't having another, I probably wouldn't push like the independent sleeping thing because I would. I know you would, but I would probably just sleep in their bed, and I wouldn't push it because. They do grow so fast and a lot of people are saying to me you know just enjoy and and this is another thought too is like if you're not if you're able to just enjoy the cuddles it doesn't last forever but man a, a few years of getting no sleep is pretty detrimental for a child and for adults but a child in particular like our kids you know they'll go to bed in their own in their own bed and then every single night wake up to come to our bed that means every single night they're getting interrupted sleep. And mm-hmm. that is so detrimental for their learning, for their health. And so...
0: Um, I feel like that... I don't know. Does that run in... Is that genetic? Because I feel like I don't...
1: Well, no. Everybody wakes up I don't every know. single
0: night. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think and taking care of a baby, full night sleep. For I can't remember the last time I got a full night's so sleep actually. Here
1: we go. So a sleep topic that I learned from taking care of babies, but also some research that I did just on sleep in general is that we all and just as a nurse I learned this in nursing school, we all wake up all the time, every single night. But when you're when your surroundings are the same, and this is another reason why it's important not to be like rubbing your child to sleep until they fall asleep or being right mm. by their side because then sense. their surroundings are different when they wake up and then they're looking for that hand why is it not that's there anymore? That's
0: why used to run out exactly. crying every time. So their
1: surroundings are different. We're no longer sense. there and that's why it's really important to try to get it to where their surroundings are the same exact when they close their eyes from when they wake up throughout the sleep cycles throughout the night and then when they're able to do that they're able to instead of like waking up in a jolt and scared and running and rushing off to a room they're able to just wake up realize oh yeah my stuffy's still here and the nightlight's still on and i'm safe and they just like quickly fall back to sleep and they're mm-hmm. able to get into a deeper sleep and a more sound sleep so there's seriously scientific like evidence that this is very very important for for your children and some people when they co-sleep, of course then that is just as effective but um if you're trying to do the whole sleep training thing and you're like, it's, it's just most beneficial if you're not in their room when they're falling asleep. So yeah, Doug's like telling me to wrap it up. <laughs> I, I, I've i been researching this yep. a lot and I'm pretty passionate about it, <laughs> if you can tell. But, um, one thing I wanted to, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was mostly, um, so I got an email the other day and it kind of like took my breath away because, my grandma passed, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast or following me, you know, my grandma passed and I went up there and then my, um, my friend Sarah passed and, um, and so then I got this email and my friend Trisha, who has been on the podcast and we recorded a segment with her for when we were on our road trip last
0: year, that never, yeah, I mean, she met us out in, uh, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. That's
1: yeah. She was living in Idaho. She met us out there and, um, I fixed her car. Yeah. And Doug fixed her car, her. Yeah. Long story. But yeah. we have all this content that we haven't shared from the RV road trip. Mm. I mean, there's a ton of content that we haven't shared because we have just been literally moving from state to state, starting yeah. our kid in
0: school, all the things. And, yeah, but, um, Trisha Taylor, um, she was, a mom, uh, she was a blogger, she was a friend to the show, um, you know, and, and Jamie had spoken with her a lot. She suffered from osteogenesis imperfecta, which is a brittle bone disease. And think about this by the time we talked to her, which I believe was like in 2019 or no, 2020, 2021. 2021, she had broken 600 oh, I'm bones. Sorry. I mean, 600 sh- bones, seven surgeries. She was two feet, 10 inches. And defied all odds and had a baby.
1: Yeah. She, I mean, her story is remarkable. We're going to link it below. Mm -hmm. So like back it up a bit, Doug, because she, so first of all, they say everything comes in threes and I, I never really believe in that kind of superstition stuff, you know, but you know, my grandma passed and Sarah passed and no joke, Trisha texted me and said, I'm so sorry to hear about Sarah. You know, like she knew that I was close to Sarah. She knew that I, you know, met up with Sarah also on the road trip, and oh god, it's just like really, really heartbreaking because you know we were just talking like usual. Like I, I mean, she texts me telling me that she has, you know, she had a new boyfriend with her son, and she was really happy. Was she married? She was married, but then she was married to her son's father and then went, was going through a pretty nasty divorce. And then, um,
0: when we met her on the RV trip, she was with a new guy.
1: Yeah. She was dating someone new and really happy with this person. And, um, unfortunately I got an email, uh, just a little while ago, like a few, like I, I couldn't even talk about it on Instagram or anything because I'm like, I just, it's just too much hurt. It's just too much. Loss. It's just and it's like unfathomable, and it's also odd because I haven't seen her in person in a year. We've only really been texting or you know messaging on Instagram, and it's odd to lose a friend who you haven't like. Sarah and I saw each other frequently over the past year, and so that's like a different type of pain and a different type of loss. But then when you lose someone. That you don't know anyone else in there. Like, I mean, I know Sarah's friends, and so I'm able to talk to them and see how her son's doing. And, you know, and I don't know. It's, but it's hard. And I don't know if anyone else can even relate to this because it's such an odd situation. But um, you
0: build a rapport with somebody that's out of state.
1: Yeah. Um, and like a connection with someone yeah. over, online, really, a lot. And, or, or at least through technology. Like, we most, I mean, we did get to meet and i'm so I think it thankful to for a that a lot of
0: people nowadays especially but you know with with how easily you can communicate with people online. and especially you know you go to college you go back home you still have friends that you've shared life experiences with and people that you got close to and you know thankfully there you know we have some technology yeah. that allows you to stay in touch but yeah but so then
1: if you don't if you're not part of a crowd with you know like you it was just Trisha and I, it wasn't like there was a crowd of us. And so it's not like I could like, not like a friend of a friend could be like, hey, this is what happened. So someone, thank God, someone, I think it was her cousin said, I know that you were friends with Trisha and I wanted to let you know that, you know, she's had an accident and she's on life support. And I was like, what? And, you know, I like looked back at our conversation was literally like two weeks ago. And she, I was like, you know, she was going through something hard, but I was like, stay positive. Like you got this. And the last thing she was posting on Instagram was that she was on a, like a, like a great trip and she was like drinking and I don't know, like everything seemed fine. And so then I got another email saying that she has like passed away. And,
0: mm.
1: and it's the strangest thing to lose a friend that like, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's the strangest thing to lose a friend who, who I, I have like no one else I can talk to about it. Like I, I, we don't have mutual friends. And so it's been an odd kind of grieving process for me. Like I've just kind of like, I mean, you're so alone in it. Like there's no one, like you're just very, very alone. And without that
0: person reaching out, we wouldn't have known.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't have even known her. No, there's no indication on her social media because of course, you know, I'm, I'm not sure anybody has a login for it. Like, I don't even know, like, do you give it any, any indication? Like, it's just the most bizarre thing. And that yeah. leaves me to think, like, should I even be sharing this on the podcast if there's no indication on her social media?
0: No, I, I think I think that it's, you know, we're we're paying an homage.
1: Well, that's the thing. So I know, this is the, the truth of the matter, is that I know, and I've had, like, this guilt nagging over me that I haven't shared or, like, honored Trisha since she's passed, I know that Trisha really wanted her story to be shared. She specifically met with me, wanted me to share her story even through on the RV trip. She was really looking forward to that and it really breaks my heart that I feel like I didn't do that justice for her, you know? Like I haven't I haven't shared anything from the RV trip let alone her story. And so now she's not here and I feel like the one thing that I can, that I could do for her that she would be thankful for is to share how brave she was, how strong she was, like how she wouldn't let anything stop her. I feel like I'm going to cry. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, even the way that, so if you picture this where and she's, you know, she's a disabled woman. Um, she's got, how old was her son?
1: Well, so I think he's seven now. So
0: seven, so maybe six. And this is just heartbreaking you know, and, and just regular normal size. And, you know, we're on this RV trip, and we pull into Idaho, and she meets us. And you know, she's wheelchair bound. Yes, and she has a specialized car that she wheels into and is able to drive.
1: This woman didn't let she anything stop her.
0: Is able to mother. You know, her six-year-old who's like running around, but has a special uh, spot in the back of her power chair that yeah. goes around. You know, we we met, we ate at a restaurant. Um, you know we we had a a nice conversation uh i picked her up into the rv placed yeah doug, her down doug and literally carried her into yeah, our rv because we had to we didn't have a there's a lift no or like anything. ramp or lift or anything yeah. so
1: doug just and she's so trusting she yeah. trusted doug to care and she has brittle bone disease yeah. so the fact that she was able to trust us i mean i also lifted her um from like her chair to her what was it like her bed or something like that? Um, just to help her like scooch into it. But like, usually she could do that herself, but I don't know why I had to do it that day, that time. But in any case, like she, she was, she was a force to be reckoned with. She wouldn't take no for an answer. If she had her mind on something, she was going for Mm. it. She was going to achieve it. And I remember back in, I think it was 2021 when she emailed me and she told me her whole story about how she, um, she basically told me that she wanted to be on the podcast and that she was a, a fellow mom and she's a blogger. And she just shares like the, the difficulties, but also the blessings of yeah. being able to have had a child with when that she be defied all odds. I mean, they, the doctors told her, Do not have a child, it will kill you. It actually, she had uh, a child and it, put it did a not.
0: huge wedge in the relationship with her parents because there was a good chance that she would have. Um, there, there was a there was a very high risk chance of her conceiving and giving birth, and the health implications of that and could kill her. And could, so her it, family
1: didn't want her family just wanted the best for her, yes. and she just wanted to live life like a normal person. And she was doing absolutely everything in her power to live life as normal, in in you know, in, as quote unquote normal, like. You know, a fully functioning body. or I yeah. don't even want to say fully functioning because I don't. Well, wanna... I mean,
0: it was she. She really just she really took life by the balls, and well, and ran with it. I mean, she way to say that. But. Well, I mean, it's just it's inspirational in the sense that you know she had so many things against her, like there was so many chips stacked against her, and she just. Plowed through all of the norms, all of the stigmas, all of the stereotypes. She she just changed it. She was a disabled woman, but she didn't, she just didn't picture herself that way. And she just wanted, I mean, she didn't see it as something that would hinder her in any way. And I think it's really courageous and inspirational and, you know, um, rest in peace. Yeah. And so
1: I wanted to share, um, I don't even know. I just wanted to share a little bit from our previous podcast with her. I just want her to be able to
0: have a voice. Yeah.
1: um, I know that she really wanted to connect with others and she really wanted a chance to be heard. And I know that Sarah, the same thing with Sarah. And I feel like I haven't done enough to honor Sarah either. Like I would like to, she was never on the podcast, but we did film a YouTube video together where she talked about, uh, her, her can- like, ovarian cancer. And, um, and so I wanted to just take a couple minutes to share some very profound things that both Trisha and Sarah have said, and I wanted to just honor them and keep their memory alive, let their voices be heard, you know, just because you're gone, because they're gone. I mean, if they were sitting here with me, and I knew this was like their last day, I would want them to know that they're, just because they're gone, they're never forgotten, and that their lives mattered, and that we're still talking about them, and that they touched. I mean, if nothing else, they touched my life, and I hope that they can touch your life as well. Like, these were remarkable women, and the oddest thing that I realized tonight when we were eating dinner was that I became friends with each of them pretty much right before the road trip. So, like, I've been friends with each of them for less than three years, and it's odd when. I mean, I'm like the most transparent person saying that I'm looking for friends. I, have fr- I like make friends with two women that I don't expect to die and then now they're just gone. And it's just, I mean, I was looking at Sarah today, like just pictures of her and, and it's like I was just with her. I was just talking to her and now she's just gone. Like it's just really wild. Yeah. And I know for a fact that both of them had a whole lot to say and wanted to live a whole lot more in this life. I mean, they did not want to go, neither one of them. They were fighting hard to to be here. And that just leads me to think like about you and I, like how every single day we wake up and it's almost like we take it for granted, you know? it's like, oh, gotta go to work again today. and oh, gotta do this again. And it's like, why don't we smile and be thankful that we have like able bodies where we can walk ourselves to work where we can you know run and chase after our kids where we can you know i mean the fact that we're able, we we're healthy we're strong we're not facing any issues like it's so easy to kind of just i don't know go down that despair moment especially if you're struggling with anxiety and depression but man i'll tell you what like meeting sarah and trisha it has put everything into perspective for me. And the fact that Trisha, you know, she really passed just so suddenly like this, I don't even know what happened. I guess they said an accident happened. I have no details, but I don't know what happened. She was on life support. I know that she was able, she wanted to be an organ donor. And so her final last wish, like her last thing was that she wanted, she was able to, I think, donate her kidneys. And I'm just like sitting over here, hearing this in an email and I'm like, I can't even believe she's gone. Like, yeah. I don't even believe it because it's not like I did see her recently. And like, we always talked via like text and stuff. So it's not even like I heard her voice. And, and it's just like, it's very hard to comprehend, but I'll tell you what, one thing I do know is that I am, am trying my darndest not to take a second for granted. Like when I was playing with my kids last night, I literally just stopped. And I was like, Hendrix was like, hu- like hugging me. And I just like closed my eyes and like, you know, just cried and just so thankful that I get to have my kids and I get to to, to be with them and to watch them grow because I have two friends who have little boys and they don't get to do that. So while it's difficult, the whole sleep training thing and just parenting is hard, man. Or
0: your dog running in and out of the podcast.
1: No, not that. (laughs) Um, But man, it's like, just be thankful. Like it's so easy to focus on, the hard times that you're going through. But when you put those hard times into perspective and you know, you realize that the the alternative to a lot of our hard times is just not being here. Well, that's not what we want and how lucky we are to have these, these hard times, these, these difficulty challenges that we're going through. I mean, in a lot of ways, our difficult challenges are nothing in comparison to others. And so, You know, it's just, it's just trying to be thankful for what you do have. And honestly, I even said the same thing to Trisha, and, um, because she was going through a hard time. So I was like, stay in your gratitude because that takes you so much further. And the last thing she ever said to me is like via text. Anyways, I'm going to look it up. (laughs) Like the very last thing she said to me was a hundred percent. I'm very thankful and grateful.
0: Heart emoji. And yeah, yeah.
1: I said she had just got a new home. So I said, congrats on the new home. You should be very, very proud of yourself. She said, I'm excited for sure. Very stressful though, too, because it's all on me. I said, that's okay. You got this. I said, just stay super thankful and grateful. It gets you so far in life. And she said, a hundred percent. I'm very thankful and grateful. Yeah. And her being thankful and grateful got her so far in life. And I just know that, you know, that her legacy is going to live on. So, yeah. without further ado, I just wanted to share a little snippet from her.
2: Like, if I didn't have tried to get pregnant, I wouldn't have fulfilled who I wanted to be. I always wanted to be a man, So, it was a piece of me always missing from me.
1: I fully understand that. I feel like a lot of women could definitely relate and understand that as well.
0: Yeah. And to that note, what is the best thing about being a
2: mom? It's hard because, you know, you're the parent. You want to be the parent. But I, he's my little buddy. He's my little best friend. We do everything together. And I love just seeing the Lord through his eyes, seeing the excitement. Like when we go to the museum or we go, you know, the aquariums so, or that ever, not even let me see something clear. Like, just seeing things from his eyes, I think, would be my favorite. And I have an excuse to do the childish things, like playing buddies. Like, one's going to judge you because you're a bad. Like, it's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree, too, because it's true. Like, when you have a child... And, like, the small things become so, like, amazing. Like, the world just becomes such a brighter, happier, lovelier place, without a doubt.
0: Um, We've asked this to several moms, too. What have you found is the hardest part, even going through as soon as your son was born? What was the most difficult part to the journey that you're on up until now?
2: I would say it goes back to coming back to my condition. It's not so much of parenting that's been held but, like, if I'm having a day where I'm having a lot of bone pain or a big fracture, something like that, is I can't just go take a nap. I can't just go lay in bed all day. Like, I used to lay in bed for days if I wanted to because I, you know, when I wasn't working, that's just what I could do. now he needs me. He needs breakfast. He needs lunch. He needs dinner. He needs entertainment. He needs blood, heal, and You know, he needs something at other times, And I'm there. And like I said, my husband looks that I always say, it's on me. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I think people think is like that I have Eddie's health, that I head taken care of my son. It's been 90% on me when it comes to the daily tasks well, that raising him.
0: Yeah, I mean that bond is something that you'll have forever and it's the most incredible bond ever. And I think you're setting such an example for him, especially with the time and energy that you're putting in. And, you know, it it really does become about the kids at that point. And, you know, anything that's happened before, any relationships, things like that. When you see your kids smile or having fun, it's like all of that just sort of wastes away, you know, when you're living in the moment with your child.
1: Trisha. Yeah, Trisha, it was so great to have you on and to chat with you. I hope to get to know you more and more. I am totally cheering you on. And thank you. I just love, love, love your positive mindset and the way that you admit, of course you have frustrations. We all do, but somehow you're always able to spin it around and just stay strong. And man, the perseverance inside you is, it's just so inspiring. It really is. Like you set your mind to something and girl, you do it, <laughs> which is really, thank really you. incredible. So yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. We adore you.
0: Thank you for hanging with us today. Yeah, and yeah. thank
1: you so much for supporting. I mean, just what I wanted to say, really, uh, like at the, at the at the end of this, is that if you could send out positive vibes and prayers for two little boys, one's named Maven, and that's Trisha's son, and she was very very close with him. And oh, golly, my heart just breaks. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold myself together here, but if we could send out prayers and positive vibes vibes for Maven cuz now he's with his father and you know she was a like she was his like she was the sole provider for him and now he's with his father and i know that she would love to know that he's getting you know prayers and positive vibes and also Trent Sarah's son who yeah. you know they did have, they did live together and um
0: he's in kindergarten
1: yeah but he's obviously missing his mom like he also saw his mom every single day and so um you know I can't imagine what these little boys are going through just losing their moms and um I wish I could do more I really do but the best thing I think we could do for them is to pray for them and to uplift like just send positive vibes to them and to and to just be you know really really I think both of like Trisha and Sarah would say to just, you know, first of all Sarah would tell you, listen, if you're if you're having a hard day and you need a drink, go ahead, just have a yeah. drink. I get it, you know, but um have a drink, eat some peeps. And actually Trisha would say the same exact thing. I feel like both <laughs> of them smiling down from heaven like, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. But like, you know, you can have a hard day and that's okay, yeah. but I guess for me what I would say is in for myself is, you know, I know both those women wanted to be here and they're not here right now. And so every single day when I'm getting, you know, I just just keep that in my perspective because we, you and I listening, like we are blessed to be here. We are blessed to have these quote unquote problems that we have. And when you change your thinking about how you view these obstacles that are in your way and you start looking at everything as a blessing, all of a sudden you have far less obstacles and far more blessings in your life. And so I just wanted to like end on that note Mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah. yeah. And we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.